0: Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Aaron. And this is gonna be unsettling. Deeply. So we were talking about how you talk a lot about the podcast at your at your job, Yeah. And also you can use a lot of your job experiences here on the pod. And how mm-hmm. I am a complete opposite of that situation where I try to guard it as much as possible. Um, and sometimes I'll tell people I have a podcast, but then I don't tell them the name of it. Because I just. Yeah. I, it, it, it's different. It hits different. My dad has called me twice now, and I have no idea why. So we're just going to let it go to voicemail. Sorry, Dad. That's what I do when he calls. I'm in the middle of something. Oh, yeah. Clark calls all the time, but it's early for a Clark call. So he's probably calling to tell me that he got us a turkey. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, um, some people that I, I work with do know I have a podcast. Very few of them know the name of it this one individual that requests or recommended this case knows the name of it now. Um, And apparently this employee that I work with knew someone related to the person directly or like somehow he has a close relationship to the family of the person that this case is centered around Hmm. and not the victim. Okay. Um, Okay. So I had never heard of it. It's really bizarre. It's really terrible. It was really difficult to find information on. The only, like, um, solid information I found was either there is one snapped episode about it, snapped killing yeah. couples, and um, also, like, local newspaper articles. So it never made its, like, mainstream. Okay. Um, so anyway, this case, like most, was brought to light by the unfortunate happenings of a random bystander. Uh, who found a dead body on September 20th of 1996. The body of an elderly woman was found at the edge of a tree line in Madison County, Georgia, by the owner of the farm she was found on. So this guy was out checking on his farm. He saw like weird tire tracks, followed them to the tree line. And that's when he saw this body. Um, She had been beaten beyond the point of recognition and was obviously dead. So he immediately called the police. But they were unable to find any identification on the woman. She had nothing with her. Her face was badly mutilated. So the only way to describe her was her clothes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Within a matter of hours, the Madison, Madison County, Georgia police station received a call from a police station in Lumberton, North Carolina. Far. Yeah. Saying a man reported his wife missing and she was wearing the clothes reported in the description of the dead body. Okay. But how would a woman, who we learned to be... Was Lola Davis, who was ninety years old, wow, end up uh, beaten in the woods two states away? Yeah, what the hell? So initially there was no leads at all, until a day later when Lola Davis's car was abandoned in Alabama. Hmm. So she's from North Carolina. She her body was found in Georgia. Now her car's in Alabama, and it was searched for fingerprints, and one of those fingerprints resulted in a match. So let me bring it back a little bit and tell you about Alicia Woodward. Alicia grew up in Willingboro, New Jersey. She had a pretty normal upbringing, uh, aside from her parents getting a divorce when she was 10. Uh, The divorce had a big impact on Alicia. She used to be bright and outgoing, but after the divorce, she became very shy and guarded. Uh, She didn't interact well with other kids and always just kind of felt like an outcast. She eventually felt so directionless and lonely that she decided to quit school at 17 in 1996. She was looking to get a job and saw that a local PetSmart was hiring, so she decided to go in and fill out a job application. She didn't get a job, but she did meet John Esposito, who was filling out an application as well, and they were immediately smitten Hmm. with each other. So John Esposito was 21 when he met Alicia. She's 17, he's 21. He was also filling out the application of PetSmart. John, however, had a different set of circumstances that caused him to need a job. Gentlemen. It sounds like you said shush. Quiet. Sorry. <clears throat> right. It's okay. Um, yeah, so John had a different set of circumstances that caused him to need a job. John's upbringing was wildly different from Alicia's. John's parents divorced when he was six months old. Chibata. John's father was a mafia hitman. Oh. Yeah. And was charged with murdering and dismembering a man and was sent to jail when John was 10. Oh. Yeah. John went to school with the kids of the victim of his father. Oh. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So John, his oh. entire school career was a nightmare because he was beaten up, he was ridiculed, he was an outcast because of what his father did. Hmm. So he became angry and withdrawn as well. John also began to learn black magic and would follow occult activities. Um, John's mom saw that John was struggling with mental illness, and she had him hospitalized for a little bit just to be watched. Uh, But John was still struggling and decided he was going to drop out of school as well. He eventually signed up for the army, but only lasted two weeks uh, before he realized he couldn't deal with the strict schedule and responsibilities. So John went back home to New Jersey and began fighting with his mom. How just get out of the army, too? So, you don't. I think that is technically going AWOL. Yeah. I don't think you can just leave. No. Um, John's mom eventually kicked him out and filed a restraining order against him. So, John was now essentially homeless and looking for a job, which is why he was applying at the PetSmart that he met Alicia in. Okay. So, the connection between Alicia and John was immediate. They found somebody else that understood them. They immediately fell in love and spent all their time together. Neither of them had ever been successful at getting jobs. So when John told Alicia that they should leave New Jersey altogether and drive until they find a future together, Alicia was thrilled. She, they took Alicia's car one night. She told her mom that she was going to a friend's house and um, they started driving just drive into a future yeah that was their plan um so now remember they don't have jobs and they're on their own so the little money that they had quickly ran out and alicia reached out to her mom and asked her to wire her money so she could get home and her mom sent her 40 bucks like sure i'll help you get home Because now she realized she wasn't at a friend's house. She realized she wasn't coming back. Yeah. This was the only way to get her back kind of thing. Um, But the 40 bucks didn't last long either. And that is when John devised a horrible and senseless plan on how they would fund the new life they had together. John told Alicia that they would wait outside a grocery store for an elderly person to come out. Then they would kidnap them and rob them. Hmm. At this point, John and Alicia were in Lumberton, North Carolina. Okay. And that is where they found Lola Davis. It's a terrible plan. Horrible. Lola Davis was a 90-year-old woman who was very independent and had a very structured schedule. So when she didn't come back before dinner after getting her hair done and going to the grocery store, her husband knew something was wrong and reported her missing. He initially thought that she just had like a a mental lapse and, you know. Help. Yeah. That happens with older people. They just start driving and forget where they're going. So that's why he reported her missing. He didn't think anything else of it. What had happened was Alicia went up to Lola in the parking lot of the grocery store as she was leaving and told Lola that she was afraid of her boyfriend and she needed a ride to get away from him. And Lola agreed. But before they made it out of the parking lot, John jumped in front of the car and made Lola stop so he could get in the back seat. So then John had them drive a little bit further and had them switch. So now Alicia is driving. Lola's in front passenger. John is in the back. The entire time he has a, a little pocket knife, like little teeny pocket knife to her. So um, they ended up stealing $1,000 in cash that was in Lola's purse. And then they wrote a check for cash in the amount of $300 and went to the bank and cashed that check. They then drove Lola's car to Georgia where John found a farm and told Alicia to pull down the dirt road to the tree line of the farm and this is where John Esposito forced Lola Davis out of the car and beat her with a tree branch. All while Alicia just watched from the front seat. Oh my god. There's so many other ways to get money. Like, why is this your first thought? Right? Like, and why a little old lady? Like... no, It doesn't like... Yeah. Because really, you're... that. That's not even like a A good person to assume has money. Yes. Like they're retired. Yeah. Anyway, John got back in the car and they headed for Alabama, where they left Lola's car along the side of the road and walked to a gas station. So oddly enough, at the gas station, they were confronted by a cop. Because Hmm. they were two young adults in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, with no way to get around, just sitting on a curb. Like, it just didn't make sense to the police officer. Yeah. So the cop checked their license, but they didn't have any records or warrants out. So he said they were free to go. And then John, being a ballsy motherfucker, asked the cop to bring them to the motel down the street. And the cop did. Dropped Mm. them off at the motel. John and Alicia eventually checked out of that motel. And headed to Oklahoma City again. Now with the money that they got from murdering Lola Davis. But eventually Lola Davis's money ran out too. And they can- needed to continue to fund this journey together. We're over dis- over here discussing the very important topic of what do you want your candle to smell like? Yes. If I run into Bath and Body Works because we had to give the boys a minute because something piqued their interest. So anyway, they are in Oklahoma City, right? Mm-hmm. They were using the money from Lola Davis's murder to fund their journey, yes. but that had since run out. So at this point, Lola's car had been found and tested for fingerprints. And they matched the fingerprints that John had to do when he went into the military. Okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. So now they're on a hunt to find John. And they reached out to his mom, John's mom, who mentioned his relationship with Alicia And they reached out to Alicia's mom, and Alicia's mom confirmed that she wired Alicia money in Lumberton, North Carolina. Okay. But didn't know where she was now. So now everything is kind of coming together. They're connecting the dots. John and Alicia were waiting outside a grocery store in Oklahoma City while all this was happening. You know, their MO. When Lawrence and Marguerite Snyder were heading back to their car. John asked for a ride to the motel near the grocery store, and Lawrence told him to get in. Not a problem. Just get in. John and Alicia did the same thing, sticking a knife in the couple's back, driving the couple around, draining their bank accounts, and then driving them to a secluded field in Texas. John got the tire iron out of the trunk of the Snyder's car and beat Lawrence to death while Marguerite watched. Also, they have no plan or weapon. No. They're just relying on, like... The, the the fact that they'll have something in yeah, the car. The tree branch that he yeah. yeah, the tree branch that he used to kill Lola was one he just picked up. Like yeah. no foresight, like it's no planes. Yeah. It's a mess. They're a mess. So John kills Lawrence all while Marguerite is watching in the backseat. Mm-hmm. And then killed Marguerite. Lawrence was ninety one. Marguerite was eighty six. Oh. Terrible. John and Alicia left their bodies in a field and headed to Colorado. Wow. Yeah. John and Alicia were able to stay under the radar for two weeks mm. until they were in a, and, like, you're just, they're stupid. Like, I'm glad they're stupid, but, and this happens so often, but they're stupid and that's why they got caught. Yeah. Because the reason that they got caught was because they were in a restricted area of a state park in Colorado. Okay. Where it's like, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, so the rangers probably... So, a ranger found John holding a BB gun on his way to practice target practice with Alicia, which you also can't do in a state park in Colorado. And since weapons aren't allowed in the park, they talked to John and Alicia and called in the plates on the car that they Mm -hmm. were driving, which was the Snyders. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And... That the family hadn't found the Snyders, so the park ranger learned of the warrants that were out for John and Alicia because of Lola Davis, Mm -hmm. and called the police, at which point John and Alicia were arrested. So, they interviewed Alicia first, and she showed no remorse during the investigation. She was able to recount detail by detail what happened to Lola, and once she was finished telling Lola's story, she moved over to the Snyders. She said, I'll tell you exactly where they are, but I want to tell you how this happened first. And they said that it was like she was bragging about it. Not like. Not like I want to be helpful. She wasn't apologetic. It wasn't coming from. It was weird. Very, very unsettling. Because she's only 17. Uh, Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. How creepy that would be. Yeah. So then John was interviewed. And he started by saying, quote, I have no remorse. I have no conscious Conscience. And it seemed like John was also proud and eager to share the gory details of the murders with the police. He then drew a map so the police could find the bodies of Lawrence and Marguerite Snyder. And the map led them exactly to the, where they were. Um, Alicia and John were tried and found guilty for the murders of Lola Davis, Lawrence Snyder, and Marguerite Snyder. And they are both serving life sentences and no longer communicate with one another. And that was important because after their trial they were tried together they were sentenced and then brought back into holding cells but separately and it was like your standard bar holding cells mm-hmm. not like rooms i guess they are i have no idea but i guess they're rooms now and they were like making out through the bars yeah yeah just like it, it, what hate that yeah um so they are both serving life sentences um They don't communicate anymore, but this information was very difficult to find. Uh, There's an episode, like I said, about them on Snapped. Murderpedia had a little bit, but mostly it was local newspaper articles. And the fact that I worked with someone that was like, hey, you want to hear a crazy story? Yeah. Um, Because it really was like, I mean, we, they ended up having to go into trial for three or four different states because of all the things that they did. North Carolina, Texas, where they found the bodies, because that's where they were murdered. Um, Georgia, because that's where they were murdered. And then they abducted them from Alabama. So it was like all these different states, they were just on a tour, going to different courts. Insane. It is. The ones so dumb, they might have, like, just never. I know. Been connected. It's just crazy to think about, too. It is. If it wasn't for him joining the military. Yeah. Because they were so young, they didn't have any other records. Yeah. So it just happened that he decided he was going to join the military. I mean, thank God he did. But had he not done that? Yeah. Who knows how this could have gone? Yeah. And they would have just kept going. Yeah. Because they had no remorse. They enjoyed it. Yeah. They thought that that was an ideal life to be living at 17 and 21, taking out old people. Yeah. It's horrible. Not ideal. No. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I feel like there's something else I was going to tell you, but now I forget what it was. I always think about that. Like on the way here, I'm like, oh, I wanted to mention that to her. Nope. Then you lose it. Uh, it fails me. My brain oh, no. is, is failing me quickly. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're reaching the end of our four recording sessions and it's it's taking a toll on us. So now I need to go smell candles. Um but yeah. Yeah, it's that's a like good one a, that a lot of people have never heard of, I'm sure. So Yeah, there's just like little to no information on it. Yeah. And if you google like Alicia Woodward, um because that's the person that I work with that they like knew, it's you like it's so unknown that you get like people that work in colleges with that yeah. name. Like, normally you would get something, you get nothing. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, that's all I got this week. Thank you. Um, there hasn't been any movement on the Delphi cases, but if there is by the next time we record, which will be December something, um, I'll update you then. We'll let you know. And have a happy holidays, and I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy. And a good birthday. By this time this came out, you're old. Oh, yes. our podcast is one now. Well... <laughs> Speaking of old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's one. Actually, on your birthday. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how we did that, but it turns one on your birthday. Huh, okay. Yeah, so happy birthday to the podcast and to you. And me. And you. And you, and you, and you. Well, thanks for a good case. Yeah. You Have a rest. Yeah, have a good snooze. Yeah. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.